When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. When this is coming out, it will be our part of our belly up pregame Sunday slate. So you guys on the video version just got done listening to TSS Fantasy. So now we're onward to the Bears sadness moments. I haven't changed the title. It's Bears pregame. It needs to be Bears sadness or Bears pissed offness. Ah, uh, yes. Or, or uh, all Ah, yes. Uh <laughs> Zach Heilman is joining back with me to talk. He's a fellow Bears fan on the belly up and unhinged. He also has his own podcast, like Gridiron Gallery, coming up after this would be fourth and four. Bunch of other shows that he has going on. And also, he's a big time uh, commentator on ColorCast app now. He's, he's big time. I'm, I'm trying to be. <laughs> we, you and I got to collab on one of these. I actually... I got an idea maybe for a possible Monday night coming up, Coach. I mean, we can talk off the show, but uh, I'm just saying, you and I, Monday Night Football. I actually think I have a basketball a I have a basketball game. God damn. <laughs> it's like the we'll only – We'll get that uh, 
We'll get it down sometime. <laughs> it's the only Monday basketball game of the year besides Christmas tournaments, so it's very strange. Uh, of course. And then go figure that I'll be in Cleveland for Sunday Night Football this week because we'll be doing the Belly Up Tailgate out mm-hmm. there, which I, you know, by the time you're hearing me here, since you already cats out of the bag talking about a pre-record in a way, I'll already be out in Cleveland setting up with Kelsey and TJ as it is, so... Uh, well, I'll hop on. Yeah. I'll hop on there maybe Sunday while you guys are out there. Sure. Yeah, you should. <laughs> so, people that don't know, Colorcast is only on Apple. It's a commentated app. Uh, I tried it by myself, and it's weird. It's very weird by yourself. I've only done like three, and the last one I did was the Oklahoma State uh, Oklahoma one. Oh, you did Bedlam. And it was very weird to talk to myself. But now they have that function where you could like title a podcast. I've tried to do like live podcasts. And right. I like those. That's good. I mean, that that to me is a good way of expanding your audience. I ain't getting people on the app, honestly. I'll admit I do them all solo right now, too. Um, I've done one with a co-cast uh with kelsey and dj of course from hilo mm-hmm. as we've referenced on here uh the only problem i have is if your feed is delayed or is ahead of the other person's feed it kind of becomes a living hell to try and cast from two separate locations is how i've gone down like in person like if you have both your people both your people sitting at the same spot color casting there it's a breeze like you right. can execute it right but like the only problem I have, like I watch it via ESPN's app on my PlayStation via like Sling, which I don't usually watch mm-hmm. on Sling, but I was like, since I'm doing this, screw it, I'll buy the Sling package and whatever. But they probably watch on a different thing. And like part of the night it would be like, I'd be like two plays ahead. And this was during Monday Night Football with the Patriots and the Bills. Or like all of a sudden we like rubber band back and I'd be like maybe half a step ahead of them or something. Like it's not consistent enough on that front is my issue. <laughs> But they're getting there. There's good stuff. And they have the hot take feature too, which I love that since they've added it. Yeah, I, mean, I jumped sweet. on the LeBron James goat one. As soon as I okay. saw that, I had to jump on that one. Uh, but nobody gave it a hot like, so I must not be. Or they agree with me. Okay, well, what, what, what's your take? I know we're kind of sidetracking, but I'm just curious for yours. I said he's not the goat. Okay. I am not a LeBron James person. I said he's not the goat. I said he's not even better than he's not better than Kobe Bryant. He's not better than Michael Jordan. I even take a prime Shaq over him. Now longevity, you take him over Shaq, but I'll take Orlando Shaq and Lakers Shaq over LeBron James. Now, my hatred for LeBron James comes from the fans. Some fans. Let me let me rephrase that. There are fans out there. That will have talks with you and debates and see both sides. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I see what you're saying about Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, but this. And then I'll come back with something. They'll say, okay, I agree. Like, we agree. Like, when I leave those conversations, you haven't convinced me that he is, but I've walked away from the conversation going, they understand. Then you have the fans like politics. Steve, you're wrong. Shut up. You're dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. Then I got to come back and say, they make it personal. You know what I mean? Right. So right. so that's where my hatred comes from to LeBron. And every year it gets a little more 
and a little more. And then I have to see the same posts all the time. Then you see people like Nick Wright on for, on on Fox, who I think, how does he have a job in sports? I don't know how he does. <laughs> I don't get it. There there are some. I I I feel yeah, even like the even like in the uh even in the industry that is football, like uh, Chris, not Chris, Chris Sims. Yes. The one, the guy that's mm-hmm. on uh pro football talk. Yeah. Like I get that he played in the NFL for a smidge, you know, he had his, he had his time in the sun with a few starts, but the guy bugs the living hell out of me because I always ask him like, why is it because he just played football? Because I could do his, well, in my opinion, not to sound like I'm that cocky, but to me, I'm like, I bet I could do his damn job and do better at it, you know? And I bet you're feeling the same way with some people like you're saying, where it's like, it's because they had just enough of a time in the sport, isn't it? You know? And I'm like, ah, oh, I get that slant, but I wish more people just went on knowledge of the sport and those that did really prove that they could analyze the game well. It doesn't always have to be players, you know? I, I love players to death, but there are people out there that didn't play in the NFL that do know how this game works. Or because of the persona they've created on these shows and they have to keep that persona. So like yes. way back in the day when it was first take and Skip Bayless was the main guy and it was just different rotating hosts, those were fun. Mm-hmm. And then when it became him and Stephen A at the beginning, it was fun. But then they had created these personas because I was a Skip Bayless guy. Now, there were sometimes he was over the top. But I was but since me and him, I agreed. But then even he now is just way over the top. <laughs> Steven, and then when he left and went to do the Undisputed. Right over at Fox. <laughs> I liked Shannon Sharp at first, but now even he has created this persona that I can't stand. Skip Bayless is just way over the top. Stephen A is way over the top. Max Kellerman, I didn't even like him. I don't like him at all. Kellerman always rubbed me the wrong way. I know he's got that his own radio show on ESPN Radio and all that, but you know, to me, like he never. I thought his takes were always like usually they were kind of miss or like close, but no cigar. Like it's like okay, you tried, but then like everyone's like he has boxing background, so like of course he'll hit any boxing or like MMA, he'll like hit perfect, usually perfect on. But anything else, it's like you're totally gonna get a crapshoot if he knows what he's talking about at any given point. Well, that's why I liked Skip Bayless, who covered basketball and covered football. So when it came to talking about both, he was good. Stephen A was right. basketball. So when it was basketball, I listened. But even his is way over the top. And who else? And then, like, Kendrick, you were talking about players coming in. Kendrick Perkins, how did he come in and be an analyst or get I, a show? I don't know. I, there are, of course, like, each sport I understand has their own way of like, you know, journalism or like kind of like, I guess, personality classes or something like that, where they like have pathways to doing these things, which is how I think a lot of them get their positions is that they will go and be shepherded in via like, I know the NFL definitely has a pathway system where it's like, if you want to go into the, into the sports media industry or like journalism, we can give you basically an inside track because you're already a player and, most of the industry, if they want new talent on air, they want talent that was A, recognizable and plays, and B, sounds just good enough on air. So like, I bet Perkins in the NBA, similar deal. He probably did decently in those 
pathway programs and because he played and he's a recognizable guy and he's also fiery makes sometimes horrible takes sometimes he makes stuff that people go well wait a minute <laughs> you know right and it, it gets people talking that's the other that's the third point you got to have a guy that makes people focus and recontinue the conversation outside of just the broadcast now because it's a new media landscape that's the that's a that's the buzz phrase of the day new media <laughs> it's people like that that give me hope to f- navigate into that type of job because of how bad they are at it and then <laughs> right. or like right. Kendrick Perkins is the biggest flip-flopper I've ever seen of like this is what I can't stand and this is nothing with the bears whatsoever where Kendrick Perkins like one night if LeBron James scores 30 some points LeBron is the best on the planet well then the next night if LeBron does it but uh KD does well KD's mm-hmm. the best like it's it's like no 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 no. you just said LeBron was the best you can't turn around and say this guy's the best especially when you played AAU with LeBron and you have this like and all this stuff like you don't want to talk about like I can't stand it. and then like the only one I kind of respect more respect is uh Chris Broussard he came through the okay. rankings of like him and Stephen A journalism they, they, they fought their way up and I guess that's how uh, Nick Wright got a job, but I don't know how he got a job. You want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I'll just say idiocy of it's. Eh. God, he's an idiot. His flowing hair needs to go away. Just looks like an idiot. <laughs> well, okay, okay. You know, it's funny that that actually ties in to what the show kind of covers here. On this is the <laughs> fact that you know our fandom. And Steve, you know our fandom is very moment to moment on a lot of stuff. Am I am I right? I'm I, I'm not crazy, right? Like right. we we drop the pitchforks at the at the drop of a hat when something minor that distracts us, like ooh, shiny object, takes us away from the overarching like problems. So like, you know, I we, I had that moment uh, at, on Thanksgiving because every time we have a win. Even if it's like a like a game winner, like it can be any victory to kind of salt away the losing streak or something in recent years, like or just bad times. Usually, it's a distraction. You know what I noticed with the with the Lions Thanksgiving victory, and it's been kind of a pattern now since we've especially gotten we're now four and eight, and things have been shown that there are cracks, obvious cracks at this point in our franchise. Is that the distractions are less now? Seems like even after Thanksgiving, people were like, it wasn't just like everyone happy go lucky. Now it was everyone getting ticked off that we won by two to the Lions, and the continuing sadness happens, of course, against Arizona for various factors. But like, I think the Ravens' loss to me finally said gave everyone that stance of saying, "All right, screw it, we're definitely now on the same page." You you would have to do something beyond miraculous at the end of this season, which looking at the schedule, I still say no. Uh, to prove me otherwise. So there's that. I think we finally have gotten away from the distracting shiny object type of reactions and are like now knowing problems are here. Stop showing me things. We know that they're, we know that they are in front of us. We're ready for the end of the year. Whenever that comes, we know what's at the end of the tunnel. Well, cause the last time, cause it was you and Kelsey come on. We talked about the Ravens and the bears. Yep. We allowed a quarterback with six throws in the NFL to beat us. Yep. Justin Fields gets hurt. Also, yes. 
Now Andy, sad. now Andy Dalton came in and played well, which I liked. Andy Dalton yeah, can. He did get against Baltimore. And was it the Baltimore game when the headset went out for him? Like <laughs> when there was that, that fourth was, down? That was the last two home games. Yes. They, because they had headset issues against Arizona too. And now it's becoming a common theme. Like all of a sudden, like you'll have a half where just like the, like it wasn't even just like one helmet. Apparently you had the backup helmet go out against Arizona. So both of them had just faulty communications. This is where they had to do walkie talkies by the end of the game. Well, like I remember it was that, what was it? The fourth down against the Ravens. And it's like, you have to go for it. Like you have to. Yeah. And it looked like we weren't. And we had to call that timeout. Mm-hmm. And you see Matt Nagy on the sideline looking at his box. And I think it was his whole headset went out. So he couldn't tell them they were going for it. So he's freaking out. And then we go for it. And then like it later on in the game, it's like, I wish we had that timeout back. Or, or then nice. was, was there another one? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then we took a timeout right before the two-point conversion. Like, what? Why? No, I know that one happened, and that one made me and my dad because we, we usually we're, we're watching these games together. So like him and I simultaneously are either gra- either me grabbing my hair or him trying to grab whatever hair is left on his head because he's, he's bald. So like he, he'll he tries his best to kind of like go oh like that, but that's one of those moments you're like oh my god the incompetence at in display. You don't call a timeout during a two-point conversion. Like, if it fails, just kick the extra point and move on. Don't waste that timeout there. You know, obvious sign of stuff that we know is happening and is going on. Well, then Justin Fields gets hurt. Now, to me personally, I'm like, I don't want him to get hurt, but I'm like, okay, you have Andy Dalton, so at least you have somebody that knows the game, has been around. He did good things for Cincinnati, people forget. Mm-hmm. Like he's at least you have somebody, right? But then up here, at least in the so then I think it was right after that game. That's when the fire naggy chant started. So you saw it at a Bulls game. They were chanting in the stadium during the Ravens thing. I think that's when they started chanting that. And then his son goes to a high school up here, and he was playing basketball. They're at a high school place, and the other high school fans start chanting "Fire Nagy." Yeah, that that was unfortunate to see that. No one, I don't care if the dude is bad as a as a head coach in a nationally televised league. You still don't do that locally to someone like that, you know? No, especially their kid in their kid's own, you know, sporting event or event that they are doing that they're participating in watching. They're not involved that's not their job you know you don't leave them alone for the setting that they're supposed to be criticized and don't do that there that's that's wrong i mean luckily it was calmed down early i heard but like still the fact that that even started was unfortunate right you know because we saw it up here in the burb up here in the burbs we had heard about it um 
And then I even think at a U of I game at the University of Illinois, it starts breaking out like fire naggy, fire naggy. Well, then all those reports start circling. He's fired Thanksgiving after the game. Yeah, patch.com. God. Which, which credit, I mean, the guy did win a Pulitzer and apparently he was saying up and down that his source, he, he said, he said, quote, like, or he was basically saying, quote, like he would have never said the report if he didn't believe that his source was that dead set or was that close to the organization. And of course that, as we now know, was a nothing burger or the organization course corrected at the last minute because firing someone on Thanksgiving after you're saying you're going to do it in advance probably is not a good PR move if no. you were wanting to do it. So who knows if that actually did happen or if they were planning on doing it, the bears never have, but like you were never going to see it happen. If especially report says it before Thanksgiving, like no way in hell they would, they would bite the bullet and do that anyway. Like right before we, hell off. right before we started recording, we were talking about, podcast world of like releasing episodes that's one of those points of i was not going to touch that when i saw it because i wanted to play the waiting game because i said it one it doesn't make sense why would you announce that you're going to fire a guy after a game on thanksgiving where it's family time and you're going to fire him it made no sense you just don't do that no you don't do that and then and the fact that they asked him and he goes i have not heard that Management has not told me that. So the only thing I can think of is maybe that was the plan or they had talked about it and then it got reported or got, you know, they didn't want it to come out. And then once it was out, they were probably like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. this looks bad. We probably shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's my theory. Like that report probably now, of course, now, of course you have the organization refuting it because obviously it didn't happen. But you know, like I'm like, you're saying, like I'm saying like, that's the only reasonable explanation to me besides like, you know, it's patch.com and they don't often do sporting news. So you can also put it that way. But <laughs> the fact that so many people took it as serious obviously meant that, you know, with the journalism behind them at that website, which again, you know, dude, dude wins a Pulitzer prize guys probably got connections places, no matter what you can probably pull some strings or have people do reports, you know, yeah, I mean, if I was the Bears too, I'd be I'd be going, "F this garbage." We're definitely going to make this guy look like look like a look like a jackass, and then we're just going to keep coasting along, you know, because our mo already is we don't fire mid season. Why would we do it now? You know, because the Ravens game would have made sense. Like that would, to me was a bowling point where I'd be like, "Yeah, no, I could get it if you fire him losing to a backup quarterback on that type of instance." Like, yeah, that's fireable. I would have no problem if they had done it like right then and there. But waiting till after Thanksgiving, now I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> you wouldn't have, I would have definitely not been or I, okay I, with that. <laughs> I told somebody, I said, or it was a conversation of if he loses to the Lions and we become the Lions' first win, oh, yeah. then he's gone. And so maybe words got jumbled. I have no idea. I could see that type of conversation coming about. Like, hey, if we lose to the Lions on Thanksgiving, where it's going to be a highly televised game. Not that the people are watching, but it's going to be on in the background. Right. And we lose to the Lions, he would have been, I think he would have been gone. I think, well, it, not gonna, I mean, they almost did. That's what's weirder to think about. Like, if it wasn't for the fact Detroit would like continuously get holding calls on two different like deep drives, mm-hmm. 
I actually think that the, the Detroit walks away with their first win of the season on Thanksgiving. Because to me, like they let the Bears in back into that game on many occasions, besides maybe them running the ball. Like they had the lead in the late in the game. They had a drive that they were going to possibly add to their lead late in that contest. And yeah, I mean, Chicago kind of got bailed out because of mediocrity from just a poor quality roster in a lot of regards. Right. The only shining spot of that game was Andy Dolan because he had, what, 300 and some passing yards. Yeah, he passed the 300 mark, which was kind of crazy to think about at the end of the contest, but <laughs> good for him. I, I didn't see that one coming. And like we're and the Bears were so banged up. They, I mean, like we're looking to Mooney to make plays as a wide receiver. Allen Robertson, I think he's done. He's not going to come back. You know, yeah, I mean, he might, he might sit out. I mean, hey, he's going to be free agent. He's probably not coming back to Chicago. Like, let's be honest, right? So. Which to me doesn't make sense because <clears throat> I know he's hurt. But if he's just going to sit out, you would think that hurts him. Like, maybe. I mean, he still could come back. You he know? still could. He still got to get some tape and. From what I understand, he's not that type of guy, too. So, you know. But the Lions should have won that game. The Lions played tougher. Uh, Jared Goff was doing just short passing. I know he hurt, like, in his abdomen or something, where, like, when he throws, he played well. Uh, The Bears should have lost. Like I said, the only bright spot was Andy Dalton. We just couldn't – we couldn't convert on certain third downs to move the ball, which has been a problem. We we, – we have to game plan a little differently with Andy Dalton. You could still move the pocket, but you don't want to. And then this is an overall theme. When David Montgomery got hurt, we had Herbert step in, who I thought did really well. When Montgomery come back, came back, you don't see him anymore. I know. I and, know. And I had a I did a pre it was Sunday. So Sunday, last Sunday, when this comes out, this is what I said. I said, why don't we see both of them? I said, wouldn't it be crazy if you put both of them in the backfield at the exact same time? That would screw the defenses up. Motion one of them out to a receiver. Now you're really screwing with them. And Montgomery could block for Herbert and vice versa. Why don't we see him more? And somebody at school said, well, David Montgomery has to get his. He's the guy. And I said, I understand that. Give him give him his 15 carries or 18 carries. But Herbert's got to see 10 carries, if not more. And Danny Dalton's a great play-action quarterback. And he's great throwing short passes and medium passes. And once in a while, he'll hit the deep ball. Why, why don't we see Herbert more? I don't understand it. See, I, out, of your, out of your setups, I'd love to see a concept where you're getting like – you know, you'll have like say like two receivers out, two running backs back in there, and then you know maybe have Komet at tight end, and then you basically send them out, and then you have two guys that can go out in the flat, or one goes in the flat, one does. Uh, I don't. There's a better term for it. If you know it, I call it a check route, where it's essentially you know one go basically in a diagonal one way, cut back up the middle, where it's able. You're just making one cut to beat the linebacker. And then cutting out, coming back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can call it whatever you want. Some of us we call it a slant route. Still, they're just back. I mean, yeah, I guess on an untraditional slant because I I'm so used to seeing it as a straight and then just one quick in or one quick out. Or I guess. Uh, Mike Leach terms, it could be an option route because in Mike Leach terms, 
in his air raid, his stick concept is just a hitch. Yeah. But in hit, but in college, what that's high school. So high school, you just run a hitch. When you're in college, mm-hmm. they read that guy. So when they go to oh. run back in, if that guy's sitting there, they just whip it back out, or vice yeah, versa. That, make, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It could be a read yeah. route. It could be them stepping in. But they and both have. In. They both have hands. They've shown that they can catch. They are yes. good pass catchers. So I get your point. And also, I'm going to start passing this around. I've started doing this more and more. The NFL obviously was going to a committee backfield setup a few years back where it's like, we need to have three plus running backs where we can rotate them all in. You know what the NFL is going to now is two starting caliber running backs that you can swap to that they still get time to where they can get a spell. But if you put one in, it's going to be to me, borderline, you need to have two borderline or Pro Bowl quality running backs, I think, to operate a high quality offense along mm-hmm. with the receivers outside. Or at least just have the two Pro Bowl running backs that can catch as well. And then you do you do whatever with the receiving core, I guess, at that point to pace the offense. Because Herbert showed he can do that. I'm not saying he's a Pro Bowler, but I'm saying that the potential was shown when Montgomery was out. And then it also makes me question, like, okay, so... You know, Tariq Cohen's status is up in the air right now because, you know, now we have Herbert here who is going to, let's be honest, the guy has more power behind him and also can get the speed when needed and can catch out of the backfield. I know you can probably find a spot for Cohen, but Cohen's extension plus the fact that he's out for a full year and you got a rookie in now with a better deal, you know, kind of makes me wonder where Cohen's in on all this thing. So, like, I want to see more Herbert too, because I like like what the Pats are doing or like what the Browns are doing or like what the Chiefs are doing. They have two high quality running backs in at all times that the defense has to be ready for. There's no like, there's no going, oh, thank God this guy's in. No, you're still screwed because the dude's just as good as coming in. Like Stevenson swapping in for Harris. Oh no, I'm still scared of Stevenson's coming in in New England. The guy is right. a rookie, but he's showing he's just as good as Harris can be at any time. And I know that's what I like to see. And I know Williams was out with the COVID protocol, I think for the bears or something, but, mm-hmm. but even him, he's not the best, but I mean, he played for the chiefs. He understands what goes on. Right. Have all three of them on the field at one time and see what happens. Like they would freak out. And then eventually you isolate like Jimmy Graham on the backside or a Komet who Komet is inconsistent with his hands. And that's the frustration, uh, but he caused an interception this he, week too. Yes. And, and that, that one irked me so bad. <laughs> and I'll get to that. Cause I have a thought that's going to. Right. I'll, I'll wait. I have more thoughts on that. Of course, <laughs> with that game, but, but yeah. So I'm sitting there going, okay, I want to blame Nagy for it, but now you got laser involved. But we really don't know. I don't care who, who says what. Laser could call the plays, but I know Nagy has a big say in it. And what shocks me to death is that he coached for Andy Reid. You would think he would understand to put in these guys. Like, have your best athletes out there. You know, they, I don't get it. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm like, where's Herbert? Like, why don't we see him anymore? He was getting you 90 to 110 yards a, a game without Montgomery. I don't get it. I just hard to say. I mean, I think also that Montgomery in recent weeks has come back and has asserted his will. So maybe that's the other thought is like, well, do we really need to? Like he's already doing great as a workhorse, which I understand. Okay. You know, Montgomery's able to do that, but like if we're able to get two possible guys that can either push a thousand yards or 
you know, pace upwards of like close to 2000 yards total. If you wanted, I think that's the case. It could be next year. If you get the right person that is running the offense, why not do it? You know, I, I, I get your point, you know, and I get the workhorse point. Cause I'm also a big proponent. If the guy's like a Derrick Henry build or like a Dalvin cook and he can handle the beating, screw it, go with that. Like, because it works, especially if you don't have a second option, but you have a second option here, even right. a third kind of in like Damian Williams has been supplanted by Khalil Herbert at this point, And it's not even close to me, you know, but Williams is still a good third if you wanted to. Right. You like, know? Well, that's a situation where have all three of them out there. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey. Not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Put one out in the wide receiver, the other two in the backfield. Motion one of them out and keep Williams in. Well, now all the eyes are there, and you can get Williams some yards. Like, that's where my mind goes. But I'm an offensive coach, so that's where my mind goes. Sure, sure. Um, but then even Herbert, like, with Montgomery, I know he's healthy, but you better be careful putting the load on him because he just come off of a knee injury, and right. he got hurt last year. Not saying he's injury prone, but look at Derrick Henry. Carried the load for years. CMC. Now and now he's finally getting banged up. And like looking at the Cardinals, um, I just had it. Dave Montgomery had 21 carries. Herbert mm-hmm. had four. 90 yards for Montgomery and 16 for Herbert. Yeah. I think that's more hot hand, unfortunately, is what happened there. Because, yeah, I mean, early in that game, I mean, early first half at least, Montgomery was the offense. It's just right. that. Eventually, because mostly the Bears decided, let's give this one away because, I mean, honestly, they kind of were having the Cardinals number a lot of times. They just gave the ball away frequently and often. It was early Christmas in Soldier Field. You know, Arizona didn't have to do too much to go and win that one by 11. And really, it could have been more if they didn't have that late touchdown, let's be frank. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, and then before we hop onto that train, before we hop onto that train, I don't. I'm not saying we need to see Herbert all the time, but I'm, like ever since Montgomery came back, and it's been some games. I'm like, where has he been now? Like the Cardinals, Montgomery was just running, hand him the sure. ball. I'm all for it. When it's hot, the whole line's blocking. He's running. Give him the ball. But in past games, or we're struggling, give him the ball. Do this. Do something. Go back to 2018 where it was fun, and you came up with different things instead of this. We're gonna be simple. To a point to where it's you can't do anything. And- I relish for those days, you know, because anymore it seems like this. It's a Matt Nagy or Bill Lazor or whoever it is there anymore. It seems like a guy that's lost trying so desperately to find that magic piece before it's too late, 
or it is currently too late, which it really is kind of too late. I mean, let, let's be honest, the guy should be let go at the end of the year. I'm not, I'm not going to be vicious like I was last year, but like we all know it should be coming unless he miraculously wins out and gets the playoffs. So someone, yeah. someone put up a picture right before this and I shared it or I saved it. It's at Bears record since 2017. When Mitch Trubisky starts, they are 29 and 21. Mm-hmm. Anybody else, they are 8 and 18. I could have a whole other conversation <laughs> about Mitch, but I've, 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 this year's been a break. I can, it's, this is like a Jay Cutler light that I will probably someday look back and be like, oh, there were some good moments. There were some decent moments, you know, obviously the 2018 Tampa Bay Bucks contest before they were good. And, you know, you could, throw six TDs on him. The -hmm. fact that Mitch threw that one day is insane to think back on. One other thing with your running backs, though, you talked about having all three out there. That harkens back to a scenario I think you and I have talked about where I'm like, gee, I wish we had a, like, all tight ends package where, like, you can just put, you know, Jesse James, Horstead, Graham, and Komet out there, you know, maybe as, like, a disguised as a heavy run set and then just throw them all out all of a sudden as a big fake because all four of them, maybe three, because I'm a little ticked off at Komet right now <laughs> for how he's been as of late, can all pass catch and can all make it kind of a dynamic, like, oh, crap moment. What do we do here? We didn't see this one coming. <laughs> oh, I wonder who does stuff with three running backs all the time. Oh, the Baltimore Ravens do it all the time. Yes, yes, they do. Especially when you have Justin yeah. Fields before he was hurt. Could you imagine just, like... I've said my piece on Justin Fields, but he's not going anywhere. Justin Fields, Herbert, and Montgomery in the backfield at the same time. Like, to me, that would be dangerous. Right. You're putting pressure on the defense. And they were, and the Ravens are heavy tight end packages with right. that. I mean, hey, Max Williams, before he went to the Cardinals, which, by the way, before he got injured, he was having a pretty good season in Arizona. I mean, Williams wasn't a slouch either, and that's a team that has Mark Andrews on it, who's in the top five conversation for tight ends in the NFL. And they have a stack behind them that can still pass catch two or block. That, that concept that we've discussed on this show does not seem that crazy when you consider all the similarities to what John Harbaugh already does with that offense, or at least, well, not really John Harbaugh, but like what, what they do over there with that offense at least. And that disguise makes it comfortable. Right. That that could work. You know, <laughs> it could work. And then I will say this before we jump onto the Cardinals. All that build up, they're gonna fire Nagy after Thanksgiving, the, the chanting fire him, which I don't have a problem. People I have a problem with it in the I had a problem with it at the high school. The high school, no, don't do that to the yeah, kid. That, that was unnecessary. It's I don't like it. How do I put this? I feel bad for his kids and his family when they see that from the Bulls games, the Blackhawks games. But you know what? Your dad's in the NFL. This is what this is what happens. He's getting paid a lot of money, so don't worry about it. After all that, and they still win. Now, like you said, we won. Nobody was real happy about it. We're like, okay, we beat the Lions by two, and this talk mm-hmm. is not going away. So right after that game, U of I started having the chance at a U of I game. The Bulls have had it like every game. Yes, they have. And then this Cardinals one, it happened again. Someone put a video up of them chanting Fire Nagy. And it's going to happen, hopefully, at the end of the year. But I will say this. When he beat the Lions, I was kind of happy for him. Like, after all that, on a short week, you were able to to 
get over the hump of that. Right. And that, that's all they talked about at the end of the game, too, was like the tenacity of like, okay, let's organize the locker room, the media distraction, which I mean, the Chicago media seems ruthless. <laughs> like, They're like, it's turning no, into New no. York. They, they they talk about the New York and the Philadelphia ones so much, but like Chicago gets only overshadowed because the, the Philadelphia and New York ones are that brutal. Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't for those two markets, Chicago would be notorious even more so for how they ruthlessly cut apart their teams every year. Right. It, it's amazing how much they get away with in terms of just like dissing on these people so harshly almost every week. And I don't even listen to Chicago radio frequently as much as I often because I live in Indianapolis. But every time I'm back in my hometown, I'm like, oh, wow, this is uh, just a normal Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> you know, kind of forgot how savage these people can be on 670 or 1000 if it's a bad year, like nuclear bad year. And what doesn't help Chicago sports is you have a barstool Chicago Oh, yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Like, regardless of what people think about them, that is now on Barstool stuff. So now everybody sees it. People listen to them. People listen to all that stuff. Not every major sports teams have that. So, like, when Barstool Chicago has an office in Chicago and they talk about all that stuff, then you've got, like, Big Cat, who is a Bears fan, and he's putting it out there on Barstool. <laughs> yep. Like, so now you're talking about New York stuff. Well, nobody cares about that when it's all over Barstool, when it's mm-hmm. all over that now. Uh, it's it's crazy. And then, then you come into the Lions or the Cardinals, <laughs> and you're like, here's the football. Like, here you go. You guys can have it and try to score. Like it, it seriously did feel like they were, like, doing an early Christmas party or something. And it, I mean, it wasn't even like, there's four interceptions on Andy Dalton's stat sheet. Okay, not all of them really are on. I'd say half. One, the Cole Komet one easily. I'm like, dude, you should. How did you not catch that ball? Like, I'm, I, I, I kept rewatching it in my mind, and of course on the TV screen, going, that was, it was in the red zone, caught inside the ten. His knee knocked the ball into into Simmons's hands for an interception that goes basically right back the opposite direction into the red zone. On the bear, on the bear's side of the field, how does that happen? Fate is how that happens, my friend. <laughs> Stupid fate. Yeah, because I think that one and another one was tipped. Yep. And then if I remember, well, there was the one that was a pick on a screen because the guy just read the screen well. Yeah. And just so. said, "Yeah, no, this is a screen," and just took it back. That was the final pick where I'm like, "Yeah, no, this is how the day is gone. This is this this encapsulates the afternoon perfectly for me." And so as bad as I talk about Nagy, that loss, everyone wants to put every single loss onto him. After this game, I was like, you can't. We, not, we, not for this. Not for this one because Andy Dalton threw four picks. That is not on him. It's not on Nagy. It's not on him. It's not. Um, and people disagree, but that Cardinals loss was not on him. The Bears no, actually he- played well for, what, two and a half quarters, I think? Yeah. Well, they were in the game. And what's even crazier is everyone, of course, knocks on him for his offensive scheme and like trying to go away from the run. He didn't really go. He didn't really go away from the run until things were really starting to pile up. You know, that's why we saw Montgomery dominate the early going, if not all the way into the third quarter. Really, mm-hmm. he, they were still kind of leaning on him. They were doing play action, which they better continue to do that this week against Green Bay, because some people have been noticing that there's more play action with Andy Dalton now. All of a sudden. 
and people were like, hey, um, wait a minute. I thought our mobile QB kind of like was in play action at Ohio State all the damn time. Why yep. aren't we doing more with Justin Fields? So like that needs to continue as well. So he's he's adjusting probably because he knows that I need to do this or things might go fully south like we're predicting. So yeah, he was actually playing the game plan that fans wanted was play action and heavy run sets and yep. doing stuff that was friendly to the team's success. It's kind of incredible for like two and a half quarters and no turnovers. <laughs> yeah. It, he They can never take everything and put together. So like with Justin Fields, move the pocket, play action, RPO. Once in a while, you got to run him and get the run game going. They do some of it, but they don't do the play action all the time and all this. Andy Dalton, you have to run the ball. You have to do short passes and you have to play action. They did all of those things. Yeah. Why can't you do that with Justin Fields? That's the same. And I hope that they do that against Green Bay. Because this is another this is another one of those moments. Like you're going to Lambeau. As a Bears coach, you're expected to win. He's only won one contest against the Green Bay Packers. And I know that this is a commonality with Bears coaches in the last 20 years plus is that you have to win the rivalry game, and that's part of your deal, is not only are you supposed to be a success and find that quarterback and get the offense to a spot we've never had it, but you have to beat Green Bay. And sure enough, one in six, that's a mark. You know, Lovey Smith historically was terrible too, and Mark Trestman I'm not even going to get into because Trestman overall was just unfortunately a blip on the radar for all of us in our minds. <laughs> but... One in six, that's another mark. You didn't you aren't beating the big guys. Well AKA Green Aaron, Bay. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Well, okay, that's fair. Like he's done that pretty much for all three of those eras that I've mentioned at some way, shape, or form. I mean, Rodgers has been present since two thousand and seven. Yeah. Oh seven, oh six. Yeah, I think he's it was been, yeah. Oh six, yeah. I think was so he's, I mean, he obviously terrorized Lovey Smith. He terrorized Mark Tressman, and Tressman was terrorized pretty much for his two seasons anyway, for what it's worth. And then, you know, Matt Nagy started out strong. We were like, oh, my God, we, we should have beaten them week one in 2018. Yep. And then we smacked them around at the end of, you know, at the end of the 2018 season going into that, you know, 13-3 year. Ever since then, it's been same old story where it's like this close, but in reality, we're really not that close. Just like this year, where it's like three-point uh, difference late in the contest. Nah, Aaron Rodgers is going to drive it down your throat. Game's over right there. You know, what else do I got to say? Did you see the picture of, like, the playoff picture, and it showed the Bears and, like, a wild card running, and I said, stop it. No. no. I, I know. I know. They're they're like the Seattle Seahawks, where it's like, you need to move them out of the hunt. We all know where <laughs> they really are at this moment. And, and again, and even with Minnesota like slipping up, because like they have two games against Minnesota in the year. They play the Giants. I, I under you know, they got they got those weaker teams to end the season. But I mean, come on, Minnesota has played pretty much up to their opponents. They just can't finish games. So maybe you split it with them, but that this isn't a playoff team. There's too much good competition this year. This isn't like the Cardinals last year that had injuries and they're gonna slide down for you conveniently. There's way too many people ahead of them to justify it. They're, to me, they're easily out of the hunt now. Yeah, the only games <clears throat> that the Bears can compete in to win, maybe the Seahawks because they have played bad. 
but even, but even Wilson, like this week they beat San Francisco. And if Wilson keeps getting healthier, yeah, I don't know, man. Like that, that to me scares me, especially if J- if Jalen Johnson that might have a bum arm or you know only, have issues with that. The only realistic <laughs> win we have left is the Giants, probably, because because yeah. the Vikings have been inconsistent. But at least one that we can say like definitively, we're like, yeah, this we can see this happening without like having to question it. Because even I'm like, I think you can split Minnesota. I don't see them sweeping Minnesota. There's no. too much good product there in Minnesota for them to do that. And then, like, you know, Green Bay, I think they'll get what this week they'll get wiped the floor with Green Bay. It's in Lambeau, too. Like, it's a double whammy of, like, oh, God, you know, even Jay Cutler in the last 20 years. And I know we don't bring it up often, but I'm going to do it this time. Even he's only won one. He only has beaten Green Bay, I believe, twice when he was with Chicago. One of those was somehow luckily against Green Bay at Lambeau Field, which was a fluke in its own self that that ever happened. It's not going to happen unless Justin Fields comes from back from cracked ribs and somehow found himself in two weeks. Well, and that's why I like to sit here and go, what do the Bears have to do to win? Well, well it's sure. Just, I mean, we, there's ways. There's ways. One, I'm curious to hear what yours are. Well, one, that broken toe better haunt Aaron Rodgers and really hurt him. There you go. That's the first thing. Second thing, you better hope that the Packers defense just – overlooks them and go, ah, the Bears aren't going to do nothing. And you better hope and pray that Matt Nagy's headset breaks and he can't talk to laser calm plays. But again, what is <clears throat> what is Justin Fields going to look like? No idea. I don't think he's going to be afraid because he took that big hit versus Clemson and hurt his back. So he's not going to be afraid. The only way the Bears can compete and win is the same story. Run the ball at them. You've got to get Justin Fields to run. You've got to come up with a couple trick plays up your sleeve, I think. Yeah. Uh, just it, it, I say the same thing over and over. And then the Bears defense actually hasn't played that bad without Mack and all of them, I think. I think they're oh, – no. Robert, Robert Quinn, I have been impressed with all year. And even uh, Travis, Travis, Gib, Travis Gibson, yeah, that, that, young, that young guy right there has uh, – He's at least his contributions have gotten better. He's looking solid. He's looking real solid. And I think the safeties have played better because Jackson's back. So they've all been playing. The defense is it's our linebackers. The D line's been fine. You just got to rotate them a lot. Akeem mm-hmm. Hicks has been a disappointment this year. Yeah, I don't know what to say beyond you know part injury, part just battered down over his tenure with Chicago. You know, right? And then uh, Raquan Smith has been hurt, so the linebackers have struggled. But I think the safeties have played better, and I think the defensive line has played better. You just have to rotate them a lot so they don't get worn down by the – because Hicks could take a beating all game. Mack could take a beating. These guys you have to rotate. So defensively, I think they'll be okay. They just – I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to run as much. I haven't watched him as much since he broke his toe, but I could bet you he's not going to run as much because of it. Well, and that helps the front seven. I mean, the Bear, remember this, you know, even though – even though we've shown weakness in the past, if you're not throwing to if you're throwing to anyone that's not Jalen Johnson, that is, you know, we've shown that you can we've shown that uh, you can pass on us. But we're also still one of the top teams in overall sacks this season. Yeah, even with Mac being out, we've still been able to keep that production up because Robert Quinn is healthy this year and is either making is either going around the outside and making tackles hold him, essentially tackling him on the process. 
or he just makes them look silly and burns them on the edge and then gets the sack in the end. And so we're getting pressure and Rogers with a broken toe. Like you're saying, he's not going to be as mobile. And the pairs last time were able to get sacks on him too and kept pressure on, which is why they were in that game in soldier field in the first place. Mm-hmm. It, you know, defense does help the bears. It's their strong suit in their history. It's their bloodline. It's their creed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be bear, <laughs> bad year. Be damned defensively. They're going to usually be a little bit better than you think. So pressure's been there. Question is, can you consistently do it to where you are able to disguise just enough of the secondary's flaws on the opposite side of Johnson to keep him from dropping the deep bomb? That's what freaks me out because Adams, they'll eventually find some way to scheme him away from, from Johnson or Johnson won't line up on him because it's not often you see a starting corner do that, you know, unless the game plan is that who knows could be, but yeah, that's what worries me. You know, how does he get open and who do they throw to that's away from the opposite side of the field? That's going to probably be open if it's Burns or Vildor, you know, Burns is a little bit better, but he's not that much of a upgrade still. So, and then the bears just have to play keep away. So when they get the ball, we've got to take as much time off the clock as humanly possible. So Aaron Rodgers is not out there to do that because, and then you've got to get more guys involved in the run game than just Montgomery. We've already said they have to, if they're going to do it, it's got to be this week. So whenever Matt Nagy, if he's got to peel some off his wall and that, thing with all of his play call sheets he better pull some <laughs> down from 2018 and be like well what do we do here let's oh, do that like, like what is uh what's your magic number for yards field has to run to help with this win he's, he's, i'm saying it's like 50 ish i, I think that's the threshold i'm gonna say between 50 and 85 somewhere in there just to keep the defense honest i think you've got to run the ball with montgomery and then i think you throw screens with herbert to try to get him going and keep the eyes off of Montgomery to open something else up. You've got to get Jimmy Graham involved. He saw what he can do in the in the red zone. He's been more involved too lately. I don't know if that's just because of Komet's struggles or just that they finally, you know, kind of started adapting differently on how they run their offense. But he all of a sudden recently has become like a primary red zone target again out of the blue. I said this last year when Laser took over. I said it was – I don't know if it's true this year, but I know last year, if you remember – when laser called plays, we saw more tight ends in the game. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham got involved because that's how the team was built. Because remember coming into the year, you know, Nagy came out and said, oh, we got these tight ends signed. We got these <laughs> running backs signed because this is how our offense is going to look. And then they it's come out. two years of tight ends, tight ends, tight ends, or kickers, kickers, kickers. Although Cairo Santos stopped that. It's more the tight ends anymore, but like. Yeah. But which is fine. When he said that, I said, great, because that's what Mitch Trubisky needed was extra blockers you needed people to throw to which was fine Mm -hmm. then we came out and they were like why are the tight ends on the sideline like you just said this is what it was for and then when he gave up play calling guess what we saw we saw one hand down tight end we saw shifts we saw jimmy graham catching the ball in short yard situations we saw this and then when Nagy took it back over it was oh they're gone and then it was that was the running joke with me and one and my two friends sometimes that, that I would hop on here. We would text each other. You totally know Matt Nagy just called this play. And I said, Why? And he goes, Did you see Jimmy Graham or Komet out there? And I said, like, Oh no, I didn't. He goes, Right. 
did you see any mobility in the pocket? I said, no. And they're like, right, because Nagy probably called to play. And that's why during the game on the Cardinals, I don't know if you noticed this, I did. The game had started, you know, when the, the tickers come across and they're talking about who's starting and who's on the field. It said, play, sure. it said, play caller Matt Nagy. And I said, no, I did see that. I, I did. Was, I, was I like, did see them. I was like, what? And I tweeted it out. I said, it's going to be a long day when you see play caller Matt Nagy on the TV screen. Like, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. And I, I, I'm I, not crazy then because I thought I saw that too. Where I'm like, I thought there was no official word that this got swapped or if it's just like Fox throwing it out there going, eh, this is the best data we got. But. Well, I mean, that's where you like start hitting the panic button, like, oh God, no run. The run's going to be bailed on, like, after two series, you know? But that, but that wasn't the case. So, like, I'm hoping against Green Bay, like you're saying, like, soak the clock away, do what you did against Arizona for like the first two and a half quarters, where it was like, you played the control game, you played bully ball between the trenches, and you made them stop you on the same, like, basically saying, like, when are you going to stop us on this? We're going to keep owning you prove me wrong that you can't stop our run you know that that's the game you got to play you know maybe not to the extremes like the pats on monday night football but like no at no. least mostly run and then mix in the play action to keep them honest you now know? If, the, if the wind is like that though yeah you're gonna have to uh then yeah maybe you do <laughs> the bears are able to do it though they have the personnel so they've got the three running backs they have justin fields like right they could do it if the wind was mm-hmm. like that a line that's much better at the run game anyway and has been for the last really two years it's right. Someone better. said that. Um, why don't the Bears pull guards? Why don't they do this? And I said, because they can't. We have 39-year-old tackles. We have <laughs> this. All they can do is zone block, pin and pull, and stuff. I said, that's about all they can do, which is fine. If that's what they can do, do it. And another thing from the Cardinals, and I tweeted it out there, I saw so many five-man pass protections that I was so mad you yeah. can't do that with Green Bay. And the running backs, instead of chipping and going, they were just going. And then Dalton can't move out of the pocket anymore because he's a little and, older. And he, when he got lucky on a few plays, too, in just dodging tackles, some of them I was surprised. I'm like, yeah, I mean, Fields could do this easy, but like there are a few times like the Cardinals just had terrible tackling. They're probably their sack tolls could have jumped at least maybe two or three more if he's not getting lucky on a few of these like near misses or ducks that he was getting so and i said that i said why are we doing so many five-man protections keep a tight end in and block and send your running back out keep the tight end in to down block and then whip him out because you got jimmy graham or Komet that could well Komet can't catch anymore but used to at the time when i was talking about it could (laughs) and it just opens up other things keep a running back in for example again put montgomery and herbert in the backfield one stays in the block one leaks out and if nobody comes, now you got both of them out there who are threat. Like, it's just a whole, I could do a whole another hour or two on that, but like it just so no more five man protections. Even if it is Justin Fields, I know he can get out of there, mm-hmm. but the Packers defense has got has played better too. So we've got to be aware of that. Yeah, well, I mean they they're top ten in a lot most statistical categories right now. They're they're killing it on that end right now. Yeah, that's that. That's a lot of the reason. That's a lot of reason. I think that they're maybe they've taken a better step this year than they did last. Is I don't think that we're sitting back worried about like weaknesses or like you know a defense that's getting bailed out by Aaron Rodgers as a leg, as a legend himself. This defense holds its own and it's kind of like proving it 
in like not just like on field production, but like on the stat sheets and showing you in analytics that yeah, it's kind of good. Uh, it, it's a little bit scary this year for big time teams, and it and it's taken down and slayed some demons <laughs> in terms of like the top dogs in the NFC, even in the AFC for crying out loud. I'm that that one. I mean, I know the running joke is that Aaron Rodgers gets the a- NFC Championship and just loses, but. I actually think this might be with how this defense is structured. They have a team that could go the whole way if they have to run into, say, a Tampa Bay or something like that, or even an Arizona, you know, because that part of that game is a lot more solidified for some reason this year than it has been in recent years under Matt LaFleur. I don't know what's changed fully. I probably have to do more of a deep dive, but that unit is scarier now. (laughs) It's like when they won the Super Bowl. It was exactly that. Their defense started to play better in the middle of the season. I think it's deeper is what it is. I think and they've deeper. got deeper yep. positions now. But it was exactly the same. Their offense has always been what it is. Then when, we won the, when they won the Super Bowl, that defense was playing better at the second half, and that's what's happening mm-hmm. right now. So they are a scary team. If they get to the playoffs, that's a scary team. Well, when yeah. they get to the playoffs, sorry, when they when do they that. get to the playoffs, they'll, they'll be there. They're going to yeah. win the North. Like it's already to me, it's, it's in the bag for them at this point. They're what are they like? Uh, let's see, four games ahead of Minnesota right now. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah, I mean they they'll have it wrapped up in a few weeks. It's going to happen. Um, okay, what now? I'm just going to ask what what's your final score prediction? Oh God, it might be thirty-one ten. Ooh. Okay. I'll be a little more modest. I'm going to go I'm going to go 28 to 20. Just yeah. kind of kind of basing it off the last one. I think I think defensively you're going to see Chicago hang in there, but at the end of the day, it's Aaron Rodgers and he's going to get that one drive to where it'll be like the nail in the coffin type of type of kill shot yeah. where the TD will just put it away. Can I change mine? I'm sit. thinking. I'm thinking yeah. about longer. I, I'm going to say 28-17. I'm going to okay. think the Bears get some garbage things that happen, and then, like you said, it might be clo- it might be 20 to 17 or mm-hmm. 21, and then Aaron Rodgers comes down and just yeah, like like they'll get that final TD, and there'll be like three minutes left, and then just one of those moments you're sitting back going, eh, "All right, we'll see what they can do," but uh, this one's about in the bag for me. <laughs> you know? right. I think that's going to happen. Uh, but we're wrapping up on the hour. Zach, thanks for coming back on. You know, you're always welcome to come back on for the Bears sadness. I got to change. I got to tell him to change the title. Um, Thanks for coming on. The guys that are watching the video, stay tuned. Zach will be right back with fourth and four. He'll he'll literally be right back with Kelsey and the gang talking. And then when they, when they're live, I get on and talk smack on the comment section. It's always fun. Um, (laughs) But thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening. And we'll see you guys next time.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.